أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافعا السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedi-Uzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. In this episode, we will continue reading the ninth word. The ninth word is about the wisdom in the allocation of the times of daily prayers. In the morning, at noon, in the afternoon, in the evening, at night. What is the wisdom in this daily regimen? Ustad Nursi is giving us a detailed explanation of some of the meanings that are to be sought in this allocation of times. We cannot exhaust the knowledge of God. We cannot exhaust the wisdoms that God has or God puts in things. Uh, We can only know some of them. And because Ustad Nursi knows his position before God, he says that one of the wisdoms among many is this. The ninth word has five subtle points. We read through the first, second, and third subtle points, and we read most of the fourth subtle point. We said that prayer contains three key meanings. Salah, not supplication, but salah, the the form of worship that we are calling prayer in English. Salah in English, uh, in, in Arabic, or namaz in Turkish or Persian languages. And these Three key meanings in prayer are compressed, packed in three phrases that we continuously say in the prayer and continue to say after prayer. And those are Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. We glorify God, we express our thanks and gratitude and praise to God and we express that God is the greatest. Worship in general contains these three meanings and everything in the creation worships God. Human beings, on the other hand, have a special position before God because they are connected to the entirety of the rest of the creation. In addition to being connected to God, they are connected to the rest of the entirety of the creation. They have intellect, they have imagination they have willpower and they have heart and through these they are connected to the rest of the creation because they are in such a special position they have also the duty of and also the also the privilege of presenting the worship of everything in the creation to god and then we talked about how everything in the creation are connected to one another too they are created by the same god And because everything is connected in this way, they contain meanings of one another. And especially when you go to the smaller circles, in those smaller circles, you find the meanings of the larger circles. So to understand this, the example we can give is that a human being is like a small cosmos, a cosmos compressed into this living creature, that's human being. And the cosmos is like an expanded human being. One way to understand this is that everything in the creation are manifestations of God's names and attributes. 
and human beings are created in a way to manifest all of God's names and attributes. So because everything is connected, everything that we observe in the cycles of time are also connected. A day is connected to a year and that's connected to the life of a human being and that's connected to the life of humanity and that's connected to the life of the earth and that's connected to the life of um, the creation, the lifespan of creation. What does this mean? That's going to become more clear in the fourth subtle point. There we talked about what uh, the time of the morning prayer reminds us of, that is from, from daybreak until sunrise. And Ustad Nursi said that that reminds us of the beginning of creation, the first day in the six days that God has created everything. And we also talk, talked about this. We said that this does not mean six 24 hours. A day can mean many different things. The time, the period that a human being is put in the womb of his mother, then early spring, the beginning of spring when flowers are blooming and the trees are budding. And then we talked about Zuhr, noontime. And we said that that is like the prime of youth of a human, human being. Or the middle of the summer when the life that started to come into existence, started to emerge in the early spring, starts to mature. And then the time of the creation of human beings and so on and so forth. And then we talked about the afternoon prayer. And we said that is like the fall among the seasons or the old age of a human being when he can sit down and look and, and, and observe and appreciate the fruits of his life. Or the time of the Prophet وسلم, Muhammad وسلم, as the last prophet who comes at the end of times. And then we talked about Maghrib, the evening prayer. And we said that this reminds us of the descent and destruction of the creation. That the sun sets and all the creation, everything in the creation will set. Remember, we said these are connected to one another. They remind us of one another. That everything in the creation will set. It reminds us of the death of human beings. It reminds us of the doomsday. And then now we are going to talk about the time of Asia. All of this is a summary of what we read in the past two episodes. One other thing to remind us of is that Ustad Nursi used the example of a clock in order to explain how these things in time are related to one another. If the second arm in the clock, so the, the clock has arms for second, minute, hour, and then we imagine the clock that also had arms for a day and a week. We know that after the second arm moves a certain number of times, the minute arm will move. Therefore, the movement of the second arm is evidence because it is connected. It's evidence for the movement of the minute arm. And that's evidence for the movement of the hour arm. And that's evidence for the movement of the day arm. And that's evidence for the movement of the week arm. If you imagine one week uh, corresponding to the entirety of the span of time in creation, we know that if one day passes, if the sun rises and the sun sets, we know that our own lives will rise and set 
come to an end the life of humanity will rise and set come to an end the life of the earth will come to an end the life of the creation will come to an end we have evidence these are related and when we pray it would be useful to to bring these to our mind to think about these because we want to fill our hearts with the meaning of beauty and majesty and glory of god alhamdulillah praise thanks gratitude be to god relates to his beautific attributes he is the beautiful he is the merciful and then uh, subhanallah relates to his majestic attributes and then allahu akbar relates to his attributes of perfection and we want to bring all of these into our hearts and then we contemplate this entire creation and what's going on there the, the tremendousness of what we just talked about all of these meanings fill our hearts and then it becomes inshallah easier to preserve our hushu calmness and serenity and and presence before god okay now inshallah we will continue reading the night prayer section of the fourth subtle point of the ninth word bismillah isha vakti ise alem zulumat nehar aleminin bütün asarını siyah kefeni ile setretmesini hem kışın beyaz kefeni ile ölmüş yerin yüzünü örtmesini hem vefat etmiş insanın bakiye-i asarı dahi vefat edip nisyan perdesi altına girmesini hem bu dar imtihan olan dünyanın bütün bütün kapanmasını ihtar ile kahhar zülcelalin celalli tasarrufatını ilan eder. So, we are talking about the time of Isha. That is the time when all sunlight disappears from the atmosphere. When the sun sets, we can we can still see some uh, light in the atmosphere, in the sky. So, time of Isha is when that light also disappears. The time of Aisha, Ustad Nursi says, reminds us of how the realm of darkness covers all the traces of the realm of the day with its black shroud. Or how the winter with its white shroud covers the face of the earth that is now dead. Or how all the remaining traces of human beings who have died also die the traces also die and are shrouded under the veil of forgetfulness and then it reminds us of the closure of this world which is the place of testing and trial and tribulation and it declares it in this way it announces the majestic acts of the overpowering owner of majesty god we are now talking about the disappearance of disappearance from sight of everything that we observe throughout the day remember in the morning we started by um by thinking about how the beginning of the spring the time of a human being in the womb of his mother or her mother the beginning of the creation the first day of the creation the, the beginning of humanity and then we moved on talked thought about zuhur time the noon time the maturation of everything in that is created 
the prime of youth of human beings, the ripening of plants, the time of summer, and then we moved on to Asr, which we said is like the fall at which we can uh, harvest the plants that have that have now ripened. Now we can reap the plant, the, the fruits, right? The time of the Prophet and his companions, which are the best fruits of humanity. And then the Maghrib time, everything was now dying and disappearing. That's not the end. When people die, when we die, our traces are left behind. Some leave more traces, some leave less traces. Our children remember us. Our grandchildren remember us. For some who have done really great things or really horrible things and who have found a place in history, maybe they are remembered for, let's say, a couple of thousand years or maybe 3,000 years. But if you think of the time span in that, that humanity have been on Earth, that's a very long time and we don't remember. Nobody is remembered. People did not even leave traces behind. People left traces, but then those, even those traces disappeared. That is what this is pointing to. And if, if we think of this, for someone, for someone who does not believe in God and eternity, in res resurrection, this is such a heavy thought to contemplate. Even though I believe in resurrection and I believe in God and I put in my trust in God so that he would give me eternity, even the thought of how they might be processing this idea squeezes my spirit. It is such a heavy burden. Partly because many times people who do not believe in the hereafter, in the resurrection, put their hopes in what they call legacy. People talk about legacy and then in, in a longer degree they think and talk about heritage, which is all good. We should worry about legacy, worry about our legacies. But we, the, the, the reason why we worry about our legacy is that we believe in this idea of sadaqa ijariya, a, a sadaqa, a charity that lasts after us, after we die, we, after we pass by. The charity that we have put in place continues to benefit people and animals or whatever, other beings, and we continue to benefit from that. And then we want to be remembered nicely. We want to be remembered as uh, beautiful people. That's all good. But if one puts all his hope in this idea of legacy, because one cannot handle the notion of annihilation at the end of one's lifetime, non-existence at the end of one's lifetime, and then you tell them, look, you are talking about legacy, but that legacy will also die. That's something that's so heavy and shocking. That legacy will also die. Those traces will also disappear. And Ustad Nursi is then talking about how, because we are everything is connected, right? In the in the year, in the seasons, when the winter comes and the snow covers everything, there's no trace of that springtime, the the, the joyful blooming of that springtime, nothing is left. It's all white. Just one thing. And that's majestic. It shows the overpowering capacity of God, al-Qahar. 
the majestic, overpowering capacity of God, there is nothing that can stand before his power. It's like the snow. When it snows, it snows on everything and it covers everything. That is the time of Isha. And that's that that's a time to really think about. That's that's a time to really you know, go deep. And again, we need to connect to the nature. If we turn the lights on in our room and pray Aisha, that is different from feeling how the sunlight disappeared and everything disappeared from sight. One should feel that. Why should at least look out from the window and see what is there when when uh, before praying Isha. And and we talked about the mercy, for instance, the, the mercy, the blessings of mercy at the time of Asr. And then from Maghrib on, from the time of evening, sunset on, we started to move on manifestations of Jalal, manifestations of majesty. And here we are continuing with that. We are seeing the manifestations of God's majesty. So there are five daily prayers, obligatory prayers, right? Morning, noon, afternoon, evening, and then night. But then there are other prayers that are in the Sunnah of the Prophet and at least one of them was obligatory for the Prophet too, and that is a tahajjud, right? And when do we pray tahajjud? We prayed during the night. So this is different from Isha. This is that was a short span of time in which we recognized that those traces that were left there also disappeared and died. And now we are going to think about, contemplate the night itself. Gece vakti ise hem kışı, hem kabri, hem alemi berzahı ifham ile ruhu beşer rahmeti rahmana ne derece muhtaç olduğunu insana hatırlatır. Ve gecede teheccüd ise kabir gecesinde ve berzah karanlığında ne kadar lüzumlu bir ışık olduğunu bildirir. İkaz eder ve bütün bu inkılabat içinde Cenab-ı Mün'im-i Hakiki'nin nihayetsiz nimetlerini ihtar ile ne derece hamd-ü senaya müstahak olduğunu ilan eder. This is interesting because we are returning to the manifestations of mercy and one might think how? Because when everything disappeared from sight, we thought about the overpowering capacity of God's majesty. Well, this is how. The time of night brings to, to mind, the time of night brings to mind the winter, the grave, and the intermediary realm. And by doing this, it reminds people about how they are in need of the mercy of the merciful one. So they, it reminds the spirits of people about how they are in need of the mercy of the merciful one. There is nothing left. Nothing left. A human being was born, grew up, became, a, became young, became adult, became old, died. Now this human being is in the grave. And we can all imagine ourselves in that situation we are all in we will all, all go there and what is left in the grave the body is gone it dissolves worms eat it what is left it is the spirit now we are thinking about the spirit what does the spirit need the spirit experienced in this world 
when it was cloaked in a body, experienced in this world all those blessings that we talked about. Now, it recognizes, it turns to his Lord, his Creator, and it recognizes that all of these blessings are from him. And they are from his mercy. And therefore, the Spirit recognizes how it is in need of the mercy of the merciful one. He is the only one who could have given the Spirit all these blessings, and He is the only one who will, inshallah, if the Spirit is destined for the, the paradise, who will give Him those blessings again. And in, if it is in that, if the, the Spirit is destined for the paradise, He, he will be shown. The blessings too but now the veil is lifted before we related them connected them to the the functioning of the sun and the water and the heat and the soil in the spring we related it to the summer and the functioning of the the, the heat and the dryness now that's now ripening this let's say wheat grains in the fields so we were relating them to the causes we were seeing the causer of all causes behind the causes but we were seeing the causer of all causes through the causes we were looking around and and witnessing gods in his signs but now there is nothing to be witnessed in the creation we are at, in the middle of the night no light and we are standing there praying we everything disappeared nothing to be observed but there is one thing left there. One thing left there that is still desiring, that is still wishing, that is still wanting to experience all those blessings again and now and again, continually. So there is one thing that is still left there, that is the Spirit. And the Spirit is not recognizing how how much it is in need of the mercy of the merciful one which is the source of all blessings and then tahajjud the night prayer in the night reminds us or lets us know that it is such a necessary light at the night of the grave and the darkness of the intermediate realm what is light in the night of the grave and the darkness of the intermediate realm that is the night prayer the supplication the standing before god going to recur going to prostration reciting the quran and glorifying god thanking him praising him and and announcing his his majesty and glory and greatness in the middle of the night when everything has disappeared there is nothing nothing that can hear us we are alone with our lord that is light by itself and it is lasting light it is not like sunlight it is lasting light that those who pray the tahajjud will experience its light in the at the night of the grave and the darkness of the intermediate realm this time this time of the night the darkness of the night reminds us that there will be darkness in the grave and the intermediate realm and we need light there we need light there and the light to be to be benefited from there is prepared here at nights by standing before god it warns 
about this. And it reminds us of the blessings, of the true source of blessings, which is God. It reminds us of the blessings, of the true source of blessings in all these transformations. So things are moving from one thing to another, spring to summer to fall and winter and spring to summer to fall or sun rises and then the asf time comes. So everything is moving and moving and moving and things are changing. And then there is one thing that's constant in all the blessings that we benefit from throughout these transformations in time. The one thing that's constant is the one who is the true source of blessings. And this time of night, the standing before God in the darkness reminds us that throughout all those transformations, it is God who is the true source of blessings. And therefore, he announces that he is the one and only one who deserves praise and gratitude and glorification and worship. Hamdusena, the, the night, the darkness of the night announces that he is the one and only one who is deserving praise and gratitude. And then it does not end there. Every night has a morning and the morning of the second uh, day now means something different from what it meant at the beginning of the day. So it has two meanings. It's a cycle. It's the beginning and the end. From one point of view, it's the beginning of one day. And from another point of view, it is the end of the, the one day, one uh, 24 hour cycle. Right? So it has a different meaning now. İkinci sabah ise sabahı haşri ihtar eder. Evet, şu gecenin sabahı ve şu kışın baharı ne kadar makul ve lazım ve kat'i ise haşrin sabahı da berzahın baharı da o kat'iyettedir. So the second morning reminds us of what? The morning of resurrection. Because Adam Aleyhisselam was created and humanity was created with him and then they were sent to this world and then they all died. And then while they were all dead, they were recreated, resurrected. So there's a second creation. So the second morning, as everything is coming back to life in the morning and starting to appear, reminds us of the resurrection, the morning of resurrection. Evet, şu gecenin sabahı ve şu kışın baharı ne kadar makul ve lazım ise ve kat'i ise haşrin sabahı da, berzahın baharı da o kat'iyettedir. Yes, we turn around and look. And it is certain for us. It is necessary and certain for us that this night will have a morning. That this winter will have a spring to follow it. This is... Um, reasonable, rational, necessary, and certain for us. And if those are certain, remember everything is connected. If one, if the second arm in the clock moves, the, the minute arm moves, if that moves, the hour arm moves, if that moves, the day arm moves. If the night is turning into day, if the winter is leaving its place to spring, then it's certain that there will be a morning of resurrection after everything disappears, after the doomsday. And there will be a spring after the intermediate realm. And that's also certain. It is that it has the same level of certainty. 
that if the morning is coming, the resurrection will come. If the spring is coming, there will be a resurrection, a, a spring time after the intermediate realm in which inshallah we are going to see the blooming flowers of the paradise. Maybe all see that. Demek bu beş vaktin her biri bir mühim inkılab başında olduğu ve büyük inkılapları ihtar ettiği gibi Kudret-i Samedaniye'nin Kudret-i Samedaniye'nin tasarrufat-ı azime-i yevmiyesinin işaretiyle hem senevi hem asri hem dehri kudretin mucizatını ve rahmetin hedayasını hatırlatır. Demek asıl vazife-i fıtrat ve esas-ı ubudiyet ve kat'i borç olan farz namaz şu vakitlerde layıktır ve ensebdir. In that case, these five times in a day for the daily prayers, they remind us of important transformations in a day through the indication of the great daily acts of the power of the eternally besought one as summit they are also pointing to the miracles of power and gifts of mercy that that god has put in the annual centennial or periodic and creational times so there are various time spans that we can think of there is the time span of a day and then there is a time span of a year and then there's a time span of a period, Asr. It can be the lifespan of humanity. It can be the lifespan of the earth. Let's call that periodic, one of the periods. And then there is the time component of the, the entire creation, Dahr. The way that the transformations in the day remind us of the power of the summit the eternally besought one that everybody needs and he is in need of nothing, the way these transformations point to his power and blessings, in the same way, the great transformations that happen in a day at these daily rest points that we leave our daily regimen and take a break, take a rest with our prayers, the great transformations that are happening at these times of the day indicate and remind us of the miracles of power and gifts of mercy that God has put in the transformations that are happening in the annual, periodic and creational time dimensions, time spans. In that case, the obligatory prayers that are such a natural natural duty for human beings that are so becoming of the the human nature and that are such essential forms of worship and that are certain debts obligations on human beings so the obligatory prayers what are the obligatory prayers they are natural duties nature natural to human nature they are essence or foundation of worship and they are certain debts obligations on human beings that this prayer is allocated at these times of the day is most appropriate and most becoming and that is the end of the fourth subtle point
Beşinci nükte. Fifth subtle point. İnsan fıtraten gayet zayıftır. Halbuki her şey ona ilişir. Onu müteessir ve müteellim eder. Hem gayet acizdir. Halbuki belaları ve düşmanları pek çoktur. Hem gayet fakirdir. Halbuki ihtiyacatı pek ziyadedir. Hem tembel ve iktidarsızdır. Halbuki hayatın tekalifi gayet ağırdır. Hem insaniyet onu kainatla alakadar etmiştir. Halbuki sevdiği, ünsiyet ettiği şeylerin zeval ve firakı mütemadiyen onu incitiyor. Hem akıl ona yüksek maksatlar ve baki meyveler gösteriyor. Halbuki eli kısa, ömrü kısa, iktidarı kısa, sabrı kısadır. Here we are beginning with a description of the human condition, human predicament. And we are turning inside. In the fourth subtle point, we talked about the allocation of the time of uh, daily prayers and how that relates to great transformations in the creation. Now we are turning in inside and we are thinking about how relating to these time points are useful, beneficial, meaningful for the human spirit. And in order to understand that, we first need to understand the human condition. What is the human condition? Man is naturally, in its creation, extremely weak. Yet, everything bothers it. Everything affects it. Everything gives it pain. It is extremely powerless, impotent. Yet, it has lots of troubles and enemies. And it is extremely in poverty yet its needs are multitude it is lazy and it is impotent powerless yet the burdens of life are very heavy its human nature its humanity makes it interested in relates it to the entire cosmos yet he is constantly hurt, he is continually hurt by the annihilation of and separation from the things that it loves and, that, and it is familiar with. His intellect shows him high purposes, aspirations, things to be aspired to, goals, objectives, elevated objectives. It shows him eternal fruits, his intellect is showing him elevated objectives and eternal fruits, yet his hand is short, his life is short, his power, the, the extent of his power is short, and his patience is short. So try to imagine this too. A human being, somewhere on earth, his imagination, his intellect is showing him such great aspirations, great objectives and eternal fruits, but they are so high, so elevated that he cannot reach. His hands are, are short. His life is short. The time period that he has in order to reach them is short. He doesn't have power. And his patience is also short. He doesn't have the patience to work toward them either. So that's the human predicament. He is in great needs. He has no power. And this, of course, brings us back to the notion of that we talked about uh, in the first word. 
arts and fuck these are key issues in understanding Stratnusti's system of thought and also key issues in, in understanding the uh, human condition işte bu vaziyette bir ruh fecir zamanında bir kadiri zülcelalin bir rahimi zülcemalin dergahına niyaz ile namaz ile müracaat edip arzuhal etmek tevfik ve medet istemek ne kadar elzem ve peşindeki gündüz aleminde başına gelecek, beline yüklenecek işleri, vazifeleri tahammül için ne kadar lüzumlu bir noktaya istinad olduğu bedaheten anlaşılır. So, a spirit in the state. The human condition is the condition of the human spirit. When we say human, the, when the lasting part, the lasting component, the lasting aspect of the human is the spirit. So a spirit in this state, at the time of Fajr, at the, at the time of daybreak, turns to the court of the Qadiri Zuljalal, the all-powerful one, full of majesty, and Rahimi Zuljamal, the mercy-giving one of beauty, full of beauty, God. He is powerful, majestic, merciful, and beautiful the human spirit that is in this state that that is in the uh, that's burdened with the human predicament at the time of fajr daybreak turns to the court of god the powerful the majestic the merciful the beautiful and applies at that court submits a petition with what with supplication and with prayer and asks for success and assistance we understand clearly that this supplication and this prayer is utmostly necessary and it is such a point of support in order to shoulder the loads the duties that are going to be put on him in the realm of the day that is to follow this petitioning this supplication this prayer we understand clearly is such a point of support in order to be able to carry the duties and the responsibilities that are going to be put on his shoulders so the spirit wakes up in the morning at daybreak turns to the powerful majestic beautiful merciful one and asks for support for what for the day to come ask for success asks for assistance for what for being able to take care of all the responsibilities all the duties all the burdens that are going to be placed on his shoulders in the day to come and we understand clearly that this supplication this petitioning is necessary in order for this person to gain strength because he knows the spirit knows its condition it's impotent it's needy it's weak it's full of contradictions it knows that it has no power it does not have the capacity to shoulder all that burden yet it also knows that there is one who is beautiful and merciful and powerful and majestic who can help him and that will not take anything from him his power is limitless. He is the summit. He is the eternally besought one. 
that's nothing all these burdens that are so heavy on the shoulders of the human being are nothing for god and one who understands this finds strength and where is strength the strength is in asking from him how do we ask from him we ask from him with the prayer in the prayer by worshiping him by reconnecting to him by maintaining that connection with him and that's what we do in prayer we connect in the prayer now we are moving on to the noon uh, prayer ve zuhur zamanındaki o zaman gündüzün kemali ve zevale meyli ve yevmi işlerin avanı tekemmülü ve meşagülin taziyıkından muvakkat bir istirahat zamanı ve fani dünyanın bekasız ve ağır işlerin verdiği gaflet ve sersenlikten ruhun teneffüze ihtiyaç vakti ve inamat ilahiyenin tezahür ettiği bir andır. This is a beautiful uh, description of the time of noon, the, the middle of the day. The time of zuhur, the noon time. It is a moment, it is a period in the day during which the day starts to mature and starts to turn over incline to its annihilation so it's maturing it's coming to the to the top right the sun is rising and coming to moving toward the top and in the same way the events of the day are also moving to an apex and then from there they are going to start to incline to descent to annihilation so that's that moment it is the time when the daily affairs start to become uh, start to reach their point of maturation and it's also a time in which the human spirit and and all of the components of that make a human the the the man seeks and needs a rest a temp a temporary rest from the pressure of all the affairs all the occupations of the day and then the spirit this is specifically spirit the spirit needs to take a breath to take a breath from the heedlessness and bewilderment heedlessness and bewilderment that is coming from the affairs of the transient world that are heavy and impermanent that are giving him this heedlessness and and dizziness and bewilderment the spirit needs to take a breath from that and then it is also a moment in which the blessings of god start to become apparent ruhu beşer o tazikten kurtulup o gafletten sıyrılıp o manasız ve bekasız şeylerden çıkıp kayyumu baki olan münimi hakikinin dergahına gidip el bağlayarak yekûn nimetlerine şükür ve hamd edip ve istiane etmek ve celal ve azametine karşı rükû ile aczini izhar etmek ve kemali bi zevaline ve cemali bi misaline karşı secde edip hayret ve muhabbet ve mahviyetini ilan etmek demek olan zuhur namazını kılmak ne kadar güzel, ne kadar hoş, ne kadar lazım ve münasip olduğunu anlamayan insan insan değil. So that was the, the time of zuhur. That was the meaning of the time of zuhur. That's what that's what what's happening at the time of zuhur. And what does a human being do in response to this? That is what is coming. 
in response to this, a human being prays the Zuhur prayer. And what is the Zuhur prayer? Zuhur prayer is a time when the human spirit escapes from that pressure of the daily affairs, sheds his heedlessness off, and gets out of those meaningless and fleeting impermanent things and goes to the court of the Qayyumu Baqi, the eternal sustainer and Mun'imi Hakiki, the true giver of blessings. He goes to the court of the one who is eternal, eternal himself and who has the power to sustain everything to eternity and who is also the true giver of all blessings. So he is a true giver of all blessings and he is eternal and he can sustain everything to eternity in a state of blessings, in a blessed state. So the man goes to the court of the true giver of blessings who is eternal and sustainer by escaping that pressure of the day, shedding his heedlessness off and coming to his senses and moving out or moving away from those meaningless, impermanent, fleeting things, goes to that court. And then what does he do? At that court, he expresses his impotence. How? With recur, by bending down. He expresses his impotence before the tremendousness and majesty of God, the true giver of blessings. And what does he do? He thanks, expresses his gratitude and praise in response to his blessings. And he asks for more. He asks for assistance. And then what does he do? He goes to prostration. And he expresses his awe and his love and his humility in response to the uh, God's unending perfection and uh, matchless, incomparable beauty. That's the Zuhur prayer. I mixed up the order a little bit while translating. First, in response to his God's all of his blessings, the person who is praying the Zohar prayer expresses his gratitude and, and praise and asks for assistance. And then in response to his God's majesty and tremendousness, he goes to recur, bends down and expresses his own impotence. And then in response to his God's unending perfection and incomparable matchless beauty, he expresses his all and and love and humility and goes to prostration, the sajda. So this is a Zuhur prayer. And Ustad Nursi then asks rhetorically, a person who does not understand what a beautiful, what a nice, what, what a necessary and what an appropriate thing this is to pray the Zuhur prayer with all these meanings at this time, a person who doesn't understand this is not a person. Again, this is all about connecting, connecting with the divine. Because the more we move away from God, from that, that, that consciousness of what God is doing for us, 
He is sustaining us. He is giving all the blessings to us. Any sense of beauty, any sense of attraction that we have in us toward beauty, that's from God. Any any any sense of um, awe that we witness around us throughout the day, that's actually all going to go to God. So the, He is the one who is manifest behind all observations that we have throughout the day. But because out of our heedlessness, we do not recognize him. We do not see the reality of things and we do not see that reality is beautiful. And we are, we find ourselves in this pressure of the fleeting, meaningless, seemingly meaningless affairs of the day. They start to squeeze us. We, we, we need to escape, we need to take a breath. And where do we go? Where do we go? We go to, um, we take our cell phones, turn on the internet, we start to browse. Why? Weren't we escaping that heedlessness? Well, we find solutions in more heedlessness. And that's the wrong thing to do. A person who does not understand that going to the court of the eternal giver of all blessings at this time, that is how the spirit of this person is going to find sakina, tranquility. A person who does not understand this is not a person. He is not fulfilling his functions as a person, as a human being. Because the human being, at the core of it, is the spirit. And this is what the spirit needs. The spirit finds tranquility, uh, finds contentment only by remembering God, only by going to the court of his creator and asking his support and expressing his thanks and gratitude. And in this way, recognizing the blessings that he is in, immersing himself in his beauty and majesty. This is how the spirit finds tranquility. This is how the spirit finds comfort. But we, are, we, we, we push ourselves into that state of heedlessness in which we do not recognize this. And we, we, we do all sorts of more heedlessness. So if we have a problem, we try to find a solution in making the problem even bigger. Meaninglessness of the affairs of the world or the seeming meaning, meaninglessness of the affairs of the world is what pressures and squeezes and, and, and presses our soul, our spirit. And instead of seeking meaning in our reconnection with the Lord, with the Creator, with our sustainer and, and, and giver of all, all blessings, instead of that, we try to escape from one meaningless to another meaningless thing. And that is the wrong thing to do. That is what will not bring tranquility and happiness and joy to our lives. It will only kick the can down the street. Whereas the Zohar prayer at this time of the day, that will, that will reconnect us with our Lord. But we need to go to the prayer with this, with this assumption, with this aspiration, with this desire to reconnect, not to just, you know, uh, fulfill an obligation and be, be done with it, get rid of it and then move on. No, that's not the point. This is an escape. 
We do not escape from prayer. We escape to prayer. But the sins, sins pull us in the other direction. Sins prevent us from finding comfort in their prayer. Sins, our sins pull us down and they, they prevent us from finding comfort with God, with worship. Inshallah, maybe all come to a point where we find comfort in worship and not from finishing worship and, and, and moving on. Inshallah, maybe all be there. Okay, so inshallah, we are going to read the Asr prayer, uh, what Ustad Nursi says in this uh, inward interpretation of the wisdoms of the allocation of times of prayer. We are going to read the one about the afternoon prayer too, and then the rest we will complete uh, in the next episode. Asr vaktindeki o vakit hem güz mevsimi hazinanesini ve ihtiyarlık haleti mahzunanesini ve ahir zaman mevsimi elimanesini andırır ve hatırlattırır. So the time of the afternoon prayer, it reminds us of the sorrowful season of fall and sorrow-giving conditions of the old age and the painful painful season of the end of times so the the words that he uses with the season of fall and old age are both coming from the word husn which is sorrow so sorrowful season of fall and sorrowful conditions of old age but then he says painful season of the end of times the end of times are painful why because the Prophet came and left and, and, and the more distant we are from the Prophet the less we can we can benefit from his light the less the entire creation is in a, in a state of ecstasy that was the, the moment when everything was in a state of ecstasy and then it starts to descend and of course the end of times Akhir Zaman the end of times has all these tribulations that we are all witnessing in our lives. If one were to go through the list of uh, the signs of the end of time, that the doomsday is getting closer and closer as they are expressed and mentioned in the uh, traditions of the Prophet we would see that we are really close to it and, these, and our lives are full of tribulations, distractions. We are living our lives surrounded by industries of heedlessness. Many of us do not recognize it, but it is painful for the spirits. The spirits needs to be connected and we are surrounded by industries of heedlessness. And we are their victims as their consumers. And this is painful. This is a painful time. What is the solution? escaping to God how do we escape to God by first recognizing that we need to escape to God and then and then practicing this in our lives how do how do we practice it in our lives escaping to him at least five times a day so each time we go to prayer we need to remember this we are escaping to our Lord from 
everything that is trying to pull us away from him because the true tranquility and contentment that we will ever find is in remembering him and reconnecting with him we all came from him we all are from him and for him and we will all return to him and when we return to him we want to be in a state in which we can say oh lord i came to you my deeds are insufficient but i have hope i have hope that you are going to show me mercy i'm hopeful of your mercy and then he responds with his mercy we all want to be in that state we do not want to be in the state of those who are cut off from his mercy and how do we end up there by maintaining the connection because the connection happens in the heart and the heart is sound when it is connected to his lord or the reverse is also true the heart con is connected to his lord when it is sound and we will all meet our lord on a day at a time when nothing will avail but a sound heart so we need to practice this prayer is a practice for escaping to god so after that tangent we can go back to the text hem yevmi işlerin neticelenmesi zamanı hem o günde mazhar olduğu hat ve selamet ve hayırlı hizmet gibi niam-ı ilahiyenin bir yekûn-ü azim teşkil ettiği zamanı, hem o koca güneşin ufule meyletmesi işaretiyle insan bir misafir memur ve her şey geçici bir karar olduğunu ilan etmek zamanıdır. So, the time of Asr, we said, reminds us of the sorrowful times of the fall, the conditions of the old age, and then the painful uh, season of the end of times. Uh, it, and then it is a time for certain things. What are these things? It is the time when the daily affairs come to a conclusion. It is a time when the divine blessings, such as health, being safe, and a state of peaceful life, and this is nice, uh, good services that one has rendered in that day. So these are all blessings that he is enumerating. Safety, health, and good services. Services in which there is khair, goodness. So these are the blessings from God. And these all come together and reach their largest amount, largest measure at this time of the day, at the time of Asr. And then at this time again, the sun starts to incline toward its setting and this reminds the human being that he is a guest who has duties and everything else are transient unstable so the sun was at the apex the sun was uh, giving its light to everybody and then everything was apparent so this was a time of splendid light and then it started to incline towards setting and that will remind us that we are not here to stay and nothing here is here to stay everything is transient and unstable the sun is setting the way ibrahim salam said as it is mentioned in the quran i don't love those that set the sun is setting the sun starts to incline towards setting and that reminds us that everything in this world 
is setting unstable changing transient moving to, to, to toward this annihilation and this is a time to declare to ourselves and to the entire world that these are not here to stay there is something else that we want there is something else that our spirit is in need of <coughs> şimdi ebediyeti isteyen ve ebed için halk olunan ve ihsana karşı perestiş eden ve firaktan müteellim olan ruh insan kalkıp abdest alıp şu asr vaktinde ikindi namazını kılmak için kadimi baki ve kayyumu semedinin dergahı semedaniyesine aczı münacat ederek zevalsiz ve nihayetsiz rahmetinin iltifatına iltica edip hesapsız nimetlerine karşı şükür ve hamd ederek izzet rububiyetine karşı zelilane rükûa gidip semediyet uluhiyetine karşı mahviyet kerana secde ederek hakiki bir teselli kalp bir rahat ruh bulup huzuru kibriyasında kemer besteyi ubudiyet olmak demek olan asr namazını kılmak ne kadar ulvi bir vazife ne kadar münasip bir hizmet ne kadar yerinde bir borcu fıtrat eda etmek belki gayet hoş bir saadet elde etmek olduğunu insan olan anlar now of course this is a very long sentence and we will try to translate it, it uh, he is doing Ustad Nursi is doing what he did with the Zuhur prayer he gave us a, us a meaning of the Zuhur prayer at the time that we are praying the Zuhur he is going to give us a meaning of the Asr prayer and and then he will say that a person who is a human will understand this so what is it that a person who is a human i.e. a person who has not lost his humanity who is in connection with the essential purpose of his creation who has not been corrupted by the world a person who is a human being will understand this what is it at the time of asr to pray praying is just the right thing to do at the time of asr why a human being is created for eternity and once desires aspires for eternity a human being worships loves a son the bestowal of blessings this is in the nature of a human being too if you give a human being if you know, blessings nice things he will be happy he will he will adore you and that is not a bad thing because its purpose is to be in adoration of God its purpose is to to worship God who is the true giver of all blessings so that's not a bad thing that's a that's a perfect beautiful thing when it turns to its true purpose but when it is used for other purposes the way let's say a um what we observe dogs to be doing if you give a dog some meat some food it's going to come and you know play with you it's going it's going to run after you it's going to listen to you and so on and so forth in contradiction to that cats if it's hungry it comes and asks for the meat and then when it, it eats the meat it just goes away it, if it wants to be petted it will come to you but otherwise the cat has a lot more dignity than a dog so human beings need to be like a cat we go to prostration before God 
and therefore we do not prostrate before anything else so human beings are created for eternity and they want eternity and they worship the giving of blessings and they are pained with separation this is this this is the condition of him the human spirit and what did he say and what's happening at the time of asr the sun inclines towards setting and that reminds us of the separation of everything that's here all the blessings that we have been bestowed reach their apex reach their highest measure at this time and we worship blessings and then the um and then we notice at this time that although this reached the largest amount there's not more to go from there it is going to now start to deplete but we love eternity we don't love things that set we don't love things that are transient and fleeting and going away so this was the time of asr and this is the condition of the human being see how they match then at this time would it not be the right thing to do to get up take wudu and at this time of asr at this time when the sun is inclining to its destination where it's going to set to pray the asr prayer would it not be the right thing if this person reached the court of the qadimi baqi the first and everlasting one god who is the sustainer who has no end so what's the problem that the person is witnessing uh, experiencing at the time of asr he is experiencing that everything is sitting and he is pressured by this his soul is compressed so would it not be the right thing to turn to the court of the one who is the first and everlasting who is the sustainer with no end it, would it not be worth to turn to his court which is the place where his samadaniya the one who is in need of nothing and everything is in need of that that that aspect that capacity of him is present with its glory and would it not be the right thing for this person to present his supplication at this court and to take refuge in the favors of God's mercy that has no end that never sets would it not be the right thing for this person to express his gratitude for to express his praises in return for the innumerable blessings before the dignity of his lordship in a state of in of humility and go to recur to bend down before him before god and would it not be the right thing for this person to go to prostration to prostrate and to find himself in a state of worship with his hands bound in front of him and to find comfort in the greatness of god's presence and to go to prostration in a state in which his heart finds true consolation from all those pressures of the day day and the the human predicament that is compressing his his his soul would it not be the right thing to pray the asr prayer 
at this time would it not be such a sublime duty such an appropriate service and worship that is becoming the meanings and the conditions that have gathered at this time of the day would it not be appropriate to pay this debt that is so befitting the human nature would it not be an occasion to obtain such a nice bliss so if a person has preserved his humanity Ustad Nursi is saying he will understand all of these meanings in relation to the Asaf prayer and we should try to understand those meanings we should try to bring those meanings to our minds when we pray the Asr prayer that is what is going to turn this prayer for us into an occasion to escape to God inshallah okay subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana innaka anta al-alimul hakim وآخر الدعوة من الحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة